in between fantasy football podcast season four let's go baby yeah there was a time I had trouble talking about it Congratulate them, we know they doubted Somehow we made it up out the pit Back against the wall, never quit Traversing through each obstacle Show a non-believer what's possible Let nothing they could do stand In between me and my wildest dreams Let's go And that come at us to come in between Life gave me the worst Yet my side grew so green We've been down in the dirt Been tossed in the trash But I never strayed from my path When we're gone we ain't looking back maybe we were all way too high maybe that's our fault it's gonna be a crazy time but it's gonna be a fun time life is boring if you don't take some chances and do some things outside the box your destination for both some feel good lifestyle advice and some fantasy football advice all right all right all right it is a feel good black friday november 25th this is the late night version of the In Between Fantasy Football podcast from our IBT family to yours. We hope you guys had a great Thanksgiving and a good Black Friday morning as well. We got a big rest of the holiday weekend coming for you. Seth Wilcock back with you from the IBT podcast, joined by one half of the Pole Vote clan, the ever present, the ever astounding Nate Pole Vote, the tight end collector. Nate, we have a lot going on right now in life, man. Holidays, Black Friday, uh, Thanksgiving just wrapped up. How are you? How was your Thanksgiving? How are the vibes as we do this a little bit later tonight? So it's funny as we're, as we're introing this, it reminded me of the first time you and I went live because we recorded our podcast as we always did on Zoom and the audio was off for yes, some sir. reason. And we went live and it was just like this like late night, like chill vibe. And that's what I'm feeling tonight, man. Like we're just fresh off of Thanksgiving, full bellies. We probably all ate leftovers today. I know I did. And we got football this weekend. We had three gate game, three great games yesterday. We have a full slate this weekend. No bye weeks. It's going to be a great weekend. I can't wait to talk about it. So much great food yesterday. I hope you had a couple ass cold bush lights or whatever your drink of choice was yesterday, Nate, as well. I know I indulged myself from top to bottom. Before we give them the rundown, Nate, what was the best thing you either ate or drank yesterday? So every year for the last seven years, I have smoked a turkey on an old school charcoal Weber grill. Okay, It's my father-in-law's grill, and he kind of taught me the art. This year, I nailed the turkey. It's the best turkey I've ever had. Really? Okay. I I was blown away at how good it was. I was impressed and proud. So there you go. It was the turkey this year. All right. And, you know, I've seen a lot of turkey slander this year, too. A lot of people have been coming out and saying they don't like turkey. Turkey's dry. We saw it last night um, after one of the games as well. And, yeah, Trash Sandwiches earlier today on the website, she released an article saying that she doesn't like turkey that much. So I'm glad to hear you put some respect back in turkey's name, my friend. Um, Very happy to hear that. Nate, why don't you go and tell the, uh, the IBT folks out there what they have coming on the show tonight? Good friend of the show. JWB fantasy football founder Wyatt Burlatone is going to be on with us. Okay. Answer okay. some start set questions. One of my favorite people hung out with him at the expo. Great dude. Going to be a great addition to the show tonight. And then my dude, our dude, friend of IBT, Matt Ward. You know him as at Psych Ward on Twitter. Yes. So excited to get his sleeper. I'm, he told me who it is, and I, I'm not going to spoil it, but I agree. 
I'm very excited. Okay, man. Yeah, it's been an awesome uh, doing this extra show with you all season long. Now we're doing a little bit late night. So we got some really cold guests that we can't normally secure during working hours. Um, So yeah, I'm I'm excited to get into it, Nate. Looks like we have some of the IBD family back in with us tonight as well. Brad Bolt, I think it's Saturday for him over there in Australia. Sure is. We appreciate you as always, our friend tuning in. Cheers, buddy. We got Albert as well. Cheers to you, Albert. Good evening, our friend. And then Nate looks like uh, looks like we're gonna have some some familiar faces kind of coming and going throughout the show. So I'm really excited to talk to them, answer any questions we can for them. So if you guys have them, trade advice, start sit advice, let us know, and we'll get to those just in a little while. If you guys are new to the In Between family, welcome in. Thank you so much for making us a part of your busy Friday evening here. Um, if you guys like this type of content, please give this video a thumbs up, subscribe to the channel, tell your friends, you know the rest. Um, and, and Nate, I did want to kind of round this out by just saying we do have some merch up on the website right now, and we're going to have some new inventory coming in very soon. I'm working on some new designs that I'm really hyped up about it. So I uh, just want to say thank you. We released that first shirt last week, Nate, and we almost sold out within you know minutes. Well, it's because they're stupid comfortable and a really cool design. Jackson, in his quest to learn how to read, has been reading that shirt back to me every time I wear it. There He's we very, go. there we go. It not only is it a great shirt, but it'll teach your kids how to read. There we go. Learning is what we do here at IBT in addition to our football talk. So let's start here with the Thursday night football games, Nate. And we had three of them. Bills, Lions, it headlined the day. And I, I came on to the – we have the, the Twitter spaces with Connor and Bo and Sven on Wednesdays. And Dave, I came on to and I said, guys, I think 10's a big line for the Lions. I think I'm going to ride the Lions. And it was it was taunting at times. but. They covered as the underdogs, and it was a really cool game from the Lions. Jared Goff looked good at times, man. Jamal Williams continues to do what he does. However, at the end of it, it was missed field goals for the Detroit Lions that turned them off from a win. Bills, get they get the victory. But Josh Allen hasn't really looked like himself lately. Nate, quickly, what do you think were your fantasy takeaways moving forward from this game? This Detroit Lions team is for real. I really like their offense. I like what they're doing on offense. And I'm concerned about the injury to Josh Allen for the next, like probably like two to three weeks until he gets fully right. But you're going to start him anyway. You have to. I think what I took away from this game is that Buffalo is struggling <clears throat> a little, like a good team struggle. But Detroit is actually, they're coming on. Their defense has gotten better. As the season has progressed, I think Dan Campbell is the real deal as a head coach for this team. And I think this isn't an offense you can sleep on. They're starting to kind of like make a push to be relevant as we get towards the actual football playoffs, the actual NFL playoffs. And I I think the big thing about the Lions right now as as far as fantasy goes, Amon Ross St. Brown, he kind of bounced back here. We haven't seen the explosive performance we saw earlier in the season with him. He's kind of back in action here. Jared Goff as a streamer, as a as a QB2 in, in some super flex leagues, he's serviceable at times. If he did this against the Bills defense, uh, you know, I, I'm all right with Jared Goff right now. He doesn't owe me anything after this one. And I, I think a lot of people are going to – they're going to want to bail, bail on James Cook after this because James Cook wasn't really utilized in the run game in this, but he did see a career high five targets. So I, I would advise – Nate, we talked about him earlier this week on the show. I'm advising we stay with James Cook here. However, if you can get out of DeAndre Swift after seeing this action, I am 
this is we've been saying it for weeks, Nate. We've been saying it for weeks. DeAndre Swift, it's time to get out of there. Um, time to sell while you can. And he really is the the two B in this or the two A, if you want to call it. And it's just been a, a poor performance from all season long. He doesn't look like he belongs out there, especially when they get in the red zone. Well, once they're inside the 20, it's Jamal Williams backfield. And that's been the case since week one. I love DeAndre Swift. He's a great talent, but he doesn't have that power back ability in the red zone for them to trust him. So he'll get an off touchdown here and there, but as long as Jamal Williams is there and they're going to, if Jamal Williams leaves, they're going to bring in another back. that's going to fill that inside the 20 role. Love his talent. Maybe we'll see some Aaron Jones passing usage next season, but that's not in the cards this year for him. It's too bad because we all had really high hopes for Swift. I think putting a cap on this game, all I'll say is you did mention Josh Allen continues to struggle a little bit, but he waltzes into 30 fantasy points in most formats here. So you got to keep rolling him out there. Mm-hmm. Got to keep believing 12 points on the last last drive for him as well. Like he was electric there. So keep having the faith. I think better days are ahead for Josh Allen. Um, as, as far as DeAndre Swift, not so much. Um, Nate, quickly, we'll talk about this Giants and Cowboys game. Frustrating game for gamblers who are riding the Cowboys right at the end. A missed Brett Maher field goal leads to a Giants Ricky James touchdown. Um, I was riding the Giants, so I was happy about it. I was happy that that was one of the backwards way to win a, win a bet this season, but I was happy about it. Um, Nate, what was your fantasy takeaways in this one? To me, it was Saquon Barkley continues to not really be what he was earlier in the season, kind of descending a little bit while Zeke, maybe the best game from Zeke we've seen in two, three years. Yeah. Uh, so my takeaway was this is a buy low on Saquon opportunity for managers who are freaking out about his lack of production in the last two weeks. And it's a sell high opportunity on Zeke for anyone who is impressed by what he's done because it's not, none of this is sustainable. Saquon Barkley will get back to being Saquon Barkley. It's an inevitability. We see the talent. We know the talent. We know he's healthy. And with Zeke, he's been a recipient of really good opportunity the last couple of weeks. He's scoring touchdowns. You can start him probably most weeks, but he has to score. He's not doing anything else. Like The yards aren't there. The touches aren't there. I mean, 16 carries, Nate, five at five and a half, oh, 5.8 yards per carry in this last matchup. Like, I don't know. I, I think there is some staying power behind Zeke here. Like, the Cowboys are one of the best offenses in the league all of a sudden again with Dak back under center. So, I don't know, man. I, I, I think there's a little more. I, I think you're discounting Zeke a little bit, honestly. Like, if you can sell him high, absolutely. But I, I don't want to sell him for, for pennies, what, what we were doing maybe a couple weeks ago. Well, no, 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 no. You, you're not selling him for – you're selling him high. If you can't sell him high, you're not selling him. Tyron Smith is going to be back too, so that line's also going to get better. So I'd True. still rather have Pollard, but, I mean, Zeke, man, he's still out there. He's ready to go. Um, quickly, let's just touch on the, on, the, on the Giants here. We saw a little bit out of Darius Slayton. He had about nine fantasy points. We, I think we can continue to ride him as a low-end flex, uh, low-end wide receiver three. Other than that, it's going to be tough to trust Daniel Jones unless it's in some of these like really, really good matchups, but he's still worth holding, I think, in one QB leagues. I completely agree he's worth holding. The Giants have to get back to using him as more of a rushing quarterback. Don't ask Daniel yep. Jones to pass too much. And yep. They've gotten away from that the last two weeks. And that's to my Saquon point as well. I think they get back to running the ball next week, and that benefits Jones and Saquon. 
Yeah, 35 attempts for, for Jones on the night. So not really what we wanted to see, I think, um, from a fantasy point of view. Um, moving forward here to the Patriots and Vikings game, Nate. Uh, this was an electric one, man. This mm. was an electric one. And he, here comes Nate out on Twitter trolling Kirk Cousins before he even takes a snap. And Kirko Chains is back, baby. Really electric night from him. 299 yards, 30 of 37 for Kirk Cousins. Mac Jones, also the best we've seen Mac Jones this season by far. 382 yards for him on 28 for 39 um, through the air. Really good day. Two touchdowns for him. And that was despite losing Jacoby Myers Towards the beginning of this game, Myers did come back, but wasn't overall effective um, later down the stretch. Nate, what was your fantasy takeaways from this one? Mac Jones looked comfortable for the first time all season. I felt like the line was protecting him a little bit better. He wasn't under as much pressure. Uh, Kirk Cousins balled out, which I was glad to see. I was expecting primetime prime time Kirk. Kirk. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, we I... didn't get primetime Kirk. We got, I don't know, 1 p.m. slate. On a Sunday, Kirk, which is good Kirk Cousins. So maybe he's turned a corner in that aspect. Maybe that's going to shake him less as the season goes on because he's on a much better team. I was impressed. Justin Jefferson is on a Hall of Fame route. I mean, can we just talk about that? This dude is is unreal. Unreal. I think think other than Randy Moss, he's the best wide receiver I've ever, I've ever watched in, in football. He has more receiving yards at the same point in his career than Randy Moss. Both Minnesota guys. I'm going to tell you what impresses me about Justin Jefferson. And this is why he is the wide receiver one in Dynasty moving forward. He can do anything. He's fast. He's a stellar route runner, but he doesn't need separation to make a catch. It doesn't matter how contested it is. He will find a way. The way that, he, tra- yes. the way that yep. he tracks the ball is unreal. I've never, I think Jerry Rice, maybe, maybe we can make a Jerry Rice ball tracking comparison. Because Jerry Rice always found the ball the way that Justin Jefferson always finds the ball. Yeah, it was electric performance from him. I'm happy to see it once again. Quickly, I just want to kind of put the nail in the coffin here. Also, Ramondre Stevenson is that guy. Top, yes, he, he could be a top five r- running back rest of season, depending on the Damian Harris injury. And like he needs to be in the fantasy MVP talk, I think, honestly. He's not getting enough love. Over 20 PPR points in six out of his 11 games this season. Hasn't been under 14 PPR points in since week two. Well, like, he's been stellar, man. You're talking about, okay, this is, Roger Stevenson was my first rookie profile I did for In Between. I remember. For in Between show. You yeah, you did love him. I watched film on him at Oklahoma, and the dude does everything well. And it took a season and a half for him to get to the point where he can do everything well at the NFL level, but he's doing everything well. He's a good route runner. He runs the ball well between the tackles and outside. He catches the ball. He scores. What more do you want out of a running back? I just didn't know he was this good of a receiving running back. Mm-hmm. Like coming out of college, he doesn't profile as that. He didn't profile that as that to me. He's kind of a little bit bigger of a back. I think he's 250. So I was surprised how good he is catching the ball. Um, but guys, hold Ramondre Stevenson, ride him to your fantasy championships. Um, looks like we're getting a lot of a uh, lo- lot of returning faces in the chat, a lot of new faces in the chat, asking a lot of questions for us. So Nate, let's go ahead and jump into those with our next segment. We got an awesome guest coming in for matchup management. Who you got? Matchup management. Who's it gonna be? 
All right. Who's it going to be? We're going to tell you that right now in matchup management. And to do that, we're going to bring in the co-creator of JWB Fantasy Football, a contributor for DLF, and just honestly, guys, a hilarious human being and one of the best Twitter follows out there. Guys, give it up for Wyatt from JWB Fantasy Football. What's oh, up, man, Wyatt? You're going to make me blush right off the bat. <laughs> that intro. <laughs> Thank you for having me. Absolutely, man. How are you doing today? Day after Thanksgiving? Maybe no work for you. How are the vibes? Uh, the vibes are pretty good. This morning was a little bit rough, you know, went a little hard for Thanksgiving, I would say, you know. Uh, but now it's Christmas season in the house. You can see the, the the tree behind me. One of one of the trees in the house behind me. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm ready to rock and roll. Awesome. Awesome, man. No, I feel that. I did not feel that great waking up today as well. <laughs> Nate, did you hit the sauce a little bit last night? I hit the something last night. I was very tired this morning when Jackson came into our room at 7 a.m. So there we go. There we go. Looks like we have Toronto Dave in the chat saying IBT is on a Hall of Fame route. We appreciate that, Dave, as always. We got uh, Mike saying the porn bot showing up for Wyatt. Yeah, they, they did. As soon as Wyatt came in, we got a load of them. So, uh, yeah, yeah I, I can't I can't bat them away fast enough. <laughs> they follow you. They know when you're on YouTube um shout out Wyatt here from Dave let's get into some questions here Wyatt we got we got a busy week 12 I want to start with this first one here from our guy Albert he's asking Geno Smith or Kyler Murray I think Geno Smith is going to be excellent this week one of my quarterback starts of the week how do you feel about him or Kyler Murray coming back from injury here Wyatt yeah I agree Geno um been playing well enough that I think if you have him as an option that you just don't have to worry about you know taking the risk with Kyler and him Coming back for the injury, I, I think there's a real good chance that Kyler is not running at all when he comes back because of the injury. And if that's the case, like uh, that really hurts his his fantasy outlook, right? And look, Geno Smith is the dude. I think like people are still adjusting to the fact that Geno Smith is a QB one and like has been and will be. That's uh, just like he's he's uh, my QB nine for the week. It's pretty easy. I would just stick with Geno. Okay, Nate, are you also rolling with Geno Smith right now? I mean, just the most accurate quarterback in the league, and it's not even close. And I know earlier we were thinking that he wasn't that good under pressure, but he still has the number one accuracy rating among quarterbacks, whether he's under pressure or not under pressure. So that gives me all the confidence in the world here against the Raiders. What you just said right there, they're playing the Raiders. And I would take Geno Smith versus the Raiders over Russell Wilson versus the Raiders, which is a massive change in where we all thought we would be coming into week one with Geno Smith starting in Seattle. But he has been nothing short of phenomenal with that offense. He's using the weapons effectively. They're a good team. You start Geno Smith. Kyler Murray, like Wyatt said, coming off injury, he's probably not going to be rushing. That's the majority of his upside in fantasy. So you've got to go Geno Smith this week. Yeah, we called that Russell trap game last week, too. Everyone wanted to roll out Russell against the Raiders, so I was glad we were on top of that one um, there, Nate. They have a bit of better defense as of late, the Raiders, but I still don't think they're a match for Geno Smith. Here we got Jeff Johnson in the chat. I think that's a new face. Who should Jeff Johnson be flexing tonight? Palmer, Hollywood, or Rashad White? Well, Man. Hollywood's not playing. So Is, Has he been rolled out already? He's been. He was ruled out like on Tuesday, I think. From what I remember, I need some confirmation on that. Why? How do you I, feel about here? Because I don't think I want to roll out Hollywood anyway. Anyway, right. around it. Uh, yeah, I would not. I would definitely not be playing Hollywood. Although I think I did see a report like not that long before now saying that he might activate it off. Oh, with the really? Of him being able to, <laughs> yeah. Which is 
wild. I don't I, like. I don't see why they're rushing him back. Right. Um, I don't think they need to. But this is pretty easy, just Rashad White for me, um, with the assumption that Leonard Fournette will not be playing. He's doubtful now. It's trending towards that. But the Browns are a, a fantastic matchup for running backs. Uh, they're 29th in adjusted fantasy points allowed to the running back position. Rashad White should see the majority of the workload there for the Buccaneers. And granted, he they haven't the Buccaneers haven't been able to run the ball well just in general all year. But it doesn't really matter when you get the amount of opportunities. Someone like Rashad White will uh, for that offense and. When you include the matchup, it's just easy. Like Rashad White's uh, fringe RB one for me heading into the week, um, so it's a pretty easy decision. Yeah, I'm I'm with you on Rashad White. He was actually my running back start of the week, and it it be, it's because of the Browns, man. The Browns are have been the number one option to play running backs against since week two. They've allowed more points than anyone. Um, so keep pounding the ground for anyone playing the Browns, and that includes Rashad White this week. Great question there, Jeff. We appreciate you making us part of your Friday, man. Hope you come back and uh, subscribe to the channel, hang out with us again. Here we got Sober Thoughts, Kyler or Fields. Okay. Nate, how are you feeling about Kyler or Fields here? Um, Kyler Murray, like we said, we're not really into playing him this week if we don't have to, but Justin Fields also a little bit banged up. I'm, I'm in the same camp with both of these guys. If you don't have to start them, I would pivot somewhere else. The Fields injury is concerning. I mean, it wasn't a complete dislocation, but it was a separation, and it's painful. I think this is a situation where neither one of these guys are going to be running much, so who has the bigger passing upside? Who has the better weapons? It's probably Kyler Murray. And we had Robert Sala actually coming out and, and saying that uh, that if Justin Fields is out there, he, he needs to be prepared to get hit. So – with that being said, why? How do you feel about Justin Fields or Kyler Murray? Yeah, Nate nailed it uh, for me. One one of those players has success with only his arm, and it's not Justin Fields so far. So it's a pretty easy decision because, especially um, with I think Justin Fields' injury is a little bit more severe in the way that if he runs and gets hit, like he could easily get knocked out of the game. Yeah. Um, so I really don't think he's going to try to run, and I don't think they'll. I don't think they would call as many design runs for him. Like that would just be like coaching malpractice if he plays so yeah pretty easy just kyler but like nate said i i don't really want to play either of them at this point like i would right. maybe check the wire see who's there and maybe you can find an option that you'd like a little bit more like maybe brady against cleveland uh sure. maybe Derek carr against seattle are both fine john um, wolford yeah like <laughs> like you know in one qb leagues like i could see how like brady or Carr might actually be available on the wire maybe not maybe trevor lawrence He's one who actually might mm -hmm. be available against Baltimore uh, if you just don't want to take the risk with those guys getting re-injured in game. We have another one here from Jeff. He's saying that he recently traded Schultz and Gino for Lamar last week. Is that a good move? He also has Travis Kelsey. I'm going to be honest, guys. Like, I'm not really hot on Lamar right now, and I, I haven't been. Like, we saw the early explosion this season, but I think without Rashad Bateman, he's a little bit limited in weapons. Why? How do you feel about Lamar Jackson moving forward, especially after giving up Geno, who we've kind of already been gloating about all episode? I do think it's an upgrade, and we could debate how much of an upgrade it actually is. And maybe the trade doesn't seem fair because he gave up Schultz uh, in addition, who's doing well. But Schultz is essentially useless to him if he's playing Kelsey every week. Like, he's never going to be starting Schultz. Yeah. Um. So in a way, like, I don't mind the possible perceived overpay for the upgrade, even if it's a minor upgrade in in someone's mind like i still prefer lamar jackson to gino um 
pretty solidly rest of season, even if he's been a little bit disappointing lately. Just knowing who Lamar is, what he can do, he's done it with very little at the you know at receivers in the past. Like it's it's not going to surprise me if he's going for thirty every week to end the season without Rashad Bateman. Um, so I, I'm good with it. Okay, Nate, how do you feel about this? Lamar Jackson coming up for him. He's got the Jaguars, Broncos, Steelers, Browns, Falcons, ends with the Steelers in Baltimore. Is that a schedule that scares you enough to not want to make this move for him? Yeah, I, I think I'm with Wyatt. It, it, it's a minor upgrade, but it's worth it because you're not playing Schultz if you have Kelsey. And while Schultz's two-touchdown game was cool, how often is he going to do that rest of season? Probably not. That was a really cool outlier. And if you had him rostered and you started him, but I, moving forward, you want Lamar over Gino because there's a rushing upside with Lamar that you're not getting with Gino. I'm fine with it. I just think he could have done a little bit better, especially after last night. Like I know you probably did this before, but in Dak starts, he, Schultz has been a tight end one in five of six of those Dak starts. Like Schultz has been really good. I know he was kind of useless, but I just think maybe you could have got a little bit more, but I don't hate the trade. Um, it's not something that I think you should le- lose sleep over. Um, great question though, Jeff. And then we have here from Toronto, Dave, always with the cold comment question, this one. I don't know if it's just to torment me or. Uh, it's or to he, torment you. Or if he actually just has a lot of cold. Are you a cold comment fan as well? Are you, are you in this with, with me together? No, I, 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 Nate is Nate and you oh, are this, like on oh, the okay. spectrum. Okay. Seth is our enemy when it comes to Cole Komet, Wyatt. Okay. Good to know. I needed to know that, Seth. Yeah. Right. No, I, I, I've <laughs> been, I've been attacked by his truthers on Twitter. His mom has liked our Instagram post, but won't accept True. our follower requests. Like, it, it's just bullshit. I'm over the Komet, <laughs> man. They've all burned us. I'm moving forward. Um, in this case, though, I will take Cole Komet. I can't trust Taysom Hill, man. Taysom Hill is like, he was a cool story, but I wasted some fab on him. I'm not going to lie. I thought maybe it was a sustainable. Um, why any thoughts here on Komet or Taysom Hill? Uh, definitely Komet for me. Taysom Hill, like if you are like a heavy, heavy underdog to your opponent and you're like, just want to swing for the fences. Sure. Start Taysom Hill in the event that he runs in three touchdowns. Cause that will happen a couple times a year. Uh, but I was trying, I was saying earlier in the year, like the, the Taysom Hill, it's not that it's not actually that hard to figure out. If the Saints are missing two to three of their offensive weapons, you can play Taysom Hill because they have to involve him. Yeah. Yep. But when they're only missing Michael Thomas, like they have options in their offense. They don't have to use him that much. So yeah, it's it's a that's a home run swing, uh, if you if you have to, but not one that I'm gonna normally take. Yep, I'm I'm completely there. Nate, I, I imagine you're also playing Komet. You know me well, Seth. I hope this was a real question. We didn't just spend two minutes talking about it for Dave trolling us, but we appreciate it nonetheless, brother. Um, here we have Tootsie Pop, Rachel. Hey, good to see you, Rachel. Appreciate the uh, kind shout out on Twitter earlier today. That meant a lot to me uh, for Follow Friday there. Hi, which one to start? Garrett Wilson, DeAndre Carter, Brandon Cooks. Can we trust Garrett Wilson here with Mike White, boys? That's like, I think what the question is, because I think you look at these players, one has a ton of upside this week, and it's Garrett Wilson as he does every week, but we also know what the floor is as well. Nate, how balls are you feeling here? So if you had asked me at like 4.30 Mountain Standard Time, which is 6.30 for all you East Coast people, I would have told you absolutely no way I'm playing Garrett Wilson this week with Mike White. I don't trust it. It feels like a trap game. But then I did my player profiler show with Jack Cavanaugh, and he talked me into Garrett Wilson being 
a safety valve for Mike White that he didn't have last season. And I get it. So I'm all on Garrett Wilson this week. Okay. Why, how do you feel about it? Um, Brandon cooks. I mean, he's been solid since he's been back from his, whatever that absence was, but he hasn't been electric all season long. Like we thought he might be. Yeah. Garrett Wilson for me, Brandon cooks has actually been like worse than Nico Collins in almost every game. Um, I think he's like, becoming the wide receiver two for the team and then they're gonna start to rely on Nico Collins more. DeAndre Carter doesn't really enter the conversation for me. And Garrett Wilson, I mean like you said, uh Seth, he's got like the most potential of all the people here. We've seen it before uh against my Browns when uh, he was with Joe Flacco, uh had the best game of his his season. Uh so we know that type of game is in him, the over hundred yards and two touchdowns. And uh Zach Wilson is like the worst quarterback in the league. So, you know, it doesn't really matter what you think about Mike White. Mike White is an improvement for this offense. He like he's not he's not gonna do anything special, right? Mike White. But what he does is he just takes the easy completions. He just runs the play, which is what we need for the offense. Zach Wilson can't just make the easy passes. He's overthrowing a wide open player in the flat. Like we can't like this is an improvement. It doesn't matter what you think, Mike White. This is good for everybody in that offense. Yeah, I, I'm curious to see what happens. I'm I'm a big big Jet believer, big Jets fan. Been been so since about uh, July. So a uh, long time Jets fan. Um, and I'm I'm curious to see what happens here, boys. Um, love that question there from Rachel. Yeah, I'm definitely going Garrett Wilson here. Jets bias aside. And then we have sober thoughts back in back in the chat here. That's a great name, by the way. I like I like the, the YouTube name there. Very clever. He has P Ryan, Gus Edwards, or Drake battle the backup running backs here, guys. Start one. He said he can either do this or uh, other option is he can trade Chase for ETN. He also has Jalen Waddle, AJ Brown, IU, Christian Watson, um, and Chase. So he needs help at RB. Um, so how do you guys feel about this? Should he make this trade and get ETN or should he play one of these backup running backs? Why kind of a two part question here. How do you feel about it from sober thoughts? Um, I kind of like the trade. I'm assuming if that's even on the table for you, that you need a running back. Like it's, it's not just, uh, yeah. You know, just changing position. It's like, I need to find somebody that can play every week. And I do have some concern of what Jamar Chase will be rest of season. I do, I do think this seems like a little bit early for him to be coming back. The rumor is he might play this week, which I like wasn't expecting that. Um, so yeah, like I, I think ETN is top eight running back rest of the season has been uh, since the James Robinson trade, really even before the James Robinson trade, because he was starting to take over the backfield anyways. Right. Um, so I think that's actually my favorite. It's, Especially, you know, when you have Waddle, A.J. Brown, Brandon Ayuk, Christian Watson, like, you're you're fine at wide receiver. Though, I guess maybe the only thing I have to wonder about is if this is a start three wide receiver and a flex league, um, where that leaves him. But I, I think I just like doing the trade and starting ETN. I mean, I do too, man. Like, Brandon Ayuk is a borderline wide receiver one at this point. He's been excellent. You have Jalen Waddle, who is a wide receiver one. A.J. Brown, who is a wide receiver one. I don't really think you need to take the chance with Jamar Chase and his health coming back. So, yeah, I'd absolutely make this trade. Get Christian Watson into your lineup then. Nate, how do you feel about it? Because P. Ryan and Drake, if Gus does not go, also, I mean, they're decent plays as well. They're RB2s. So, here's where I'm at with this. Your running backs are Samaji Pirine, who is dependent on Joe Mixon not playing, Gus Edwards, and Kenyon Drake, which you're like, which one is going to be the one this week? 
So you make this trade because you're loaded at wide receiver with Waddle, Brown, Ayuk, Christian Watson. You can afford to lose Jamar Chase, even if it's a three wide receiver and a flex spot. You have to upgrade at running back because you have to start running backs. And you don't know. It's a toss up between Edwards and Drake every week. You've got to make this move for Etienne, who you can reliably start every week. I think what it comes down to, and, and Nate, I think you summed it up very well there. Like the gap between ETN weekly and one of these other running back twos that you have is a lot more at this point in the season than Chase is to Christian Watson. Like, like that's just the truth and what, what the output is. Chase is a way better player, but Watson can also have some boom games. So yeah, I, I love this question. This is a really complex question, but I think your guys' analysis sums this up well, and we're making that trade to get ETN for Chase. Absolutely. All right. Here we have another one. Uh, oh, and he did say his RBs right yeah. now are Swift and Stevenson. So, yeah, I, I would love to have – because you don't want to start Swift. You really don't want to yeah. be starting Swift at this point. So, As, as you guys you, were saying before I jumped on, yeah, I, and I, which I completely agree with. You kind of have to get off – he's a flex player maybe, like for you maybe. right now. Yep. Stevenson and ETN, like those are two RB1s rest of season. So lock that down right now because that, that gives you a clear advantage over a lot of teams. Here we have a question from Jeff. What do you guys think about – Justin Fields in real life. So let's separate fantasy football first section. Um, Nate, I don't need to hear what you think about uh, Justin Fields. No. I, I, you've always loved Justin Fields. I know that. Why? I would love to get your perspective on Fields. I was honestly someone who, at least coming into this year, I did not expect this leap that we've been seeing from him, especially in the ground game. He only ever, ever had 600 yards was his best rushing year at Ohio State. Obviously, that's a factor of the system is what I'm learning. Um, but how do you feel about Justin Fields with all that said, Wyatt? I'm a fan, a uh, big fan. Uh, Fantasy-wise, l- luckily I uh, stayed in and stayed true to Justin Fields. But in real life, I I mean, I don't, you know, you only get to learn so much. But from the reports that we see and the videos that we see, he looks like a really stand-up, accountable guy yes. uh, and a leader. So I like him. Like he's he's taking the blame for things that he doesn't need to take the blame for, you know, in, in like when they lose the game and He's done. He's putting it all out on the field, doing everything he can. Um, I yeah, I like him. I think he's a great leader. He's really accountable. I don't know what else you can ask for out of your quarterback. And he's doing it with not great weapons. Like let's keep that in mind as well. The offensive line is patchwork at best at this point. And Darnell Mooney, fine receiver. Chase Claypool, fine receiver. But they're not elite receivers by any means. You can say what you want about Cole Komet. I think he's just like an average guy. I really just think he's a jag. Like I, he's he's a bet. He maybe he's better than a jag, but like I still don't think he's that great. Nate, how do you feel about Justin Fields? You know, with what Wyatt said, taking that into account. Well, what Wyatt said is spot on. He's a leader, and that's what you want in a quarterback. We've seen some Jets fans over the last like three or four days respond to see your team. Should, why didn't you take Justin Fields? You're organizations making mistakes all over the place drafting yeah and they were oh man that'd be electric and they're trashing justin fields saying well zach wilson is still a better quarterback this is crap justin fields is a leader of men and that's what it takes to lead a football team it's not just football it's in any aspect of life if you want to be a leader and you are put in a position of leadership you have to be able to do it justin fields can do it zach wilson cannot Zach Wilson cowered under pressure. And when things went wrong, he blamed everyone else around him. Justin Fields took responsibility that wasn't even on him. Damn. This is a 
This is a man who is going to be successful in the NFL because he wants it and because he is willing to go out on a limb for his teammates because he wants to win. And there's that's the difference between Zach Wilson, Josh Rosen, Justin Fields, Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes. Justin Fields has it. He has that it, that leadership <laughs> it. And that makes a difference, man. It's, Think it's about okay, Joe Montana. Joe Montana is probably one of the least physically gifted quarterbacks to ever play in the NFL. But that dude won Super Bowls because he knew how to lead a team. All I'm going to say is we've been doing this podcast for me about 60 years, 70 episodes together um, out of the hundred or so episodes that has been this podcast. That was the best promo you ever cut. I swear to God, like, like, that got you riled up. So I, I appreciate that question, Jeff. You just, Nate, I'm going to cut that promo later. Um, good, good work on that, Nate. I, I, I like what you guys said. Like, I didn't know this, who Justin Fields was. I'm also an Ohio, or a Penn State fan, so I don't like Ohio State. I don't like what happened to the Bears last year. I'm kind of a Matt Nagy truther as well. So, like, it's all kind of gone against my – what is wrong with you? <laughs> <laughs> right? I didn't know that he was a Matt Nagy truther before I agreed to do Dude, the show I, this year. I was hot on Matt Nagy in like 20, 2018 when he first came to the Bears. So Okay, that's fine. So that's like acceptable. they were lit that year. Tariq Cohen was my dog. Like I, I rode that wave. Yeah, I was that guy. But no, that was a great question, Jeff. I, I love seeing Nate's analysis and Wyatt's analysis on that. Um, he's also saying, nah, don't disrespect Cole Komet like that. Hey, I got to Thank you, I'm- Jeff. <laughs> I Jeff, I appreciate it, man. We got to get Jeff back into some more of these chats. He's he's electric with some of these good questions here. Um, keep the questions coming, guys. We'll answer one more here with Wyatt before we bring on our next guest. Let's see. We got Toronto Dave here. PPR. He's always also asking about DJ Moore. I swear to God, it's the players I hate. I, DJ Moore, Josh Palmer. You hate Dave, DJ I'm Moore too? Taste. Seth. Who doesn't hate Why are DJ we friends? Moore? Yeah. I'll, <laughs> All I'm going to say, DJ Moore, my wide receiver sit of the week in yesterday's column, Dave. So Patrick Sertain, that's who he's going up against here. Yeah, Devontae Adams kind of roasted him on two big plays last week. But Sam Darnold's back at quarterback. Like, I don't think a revolving door is good for wide receivers. I said that earlier this season. So I'm completely out on uh, on DJ Moore here. No questions asked. Why? How do you feel about it? I have them back to back in our rankings with Palmer ahead. I don't really want to play either of them, um, but it's Palmer's Josh Palmer. Electric. Just, Why is everyone I, discounting Palmer though? I, that's the thing too. Like I'm, I'm like weighing on Palmer this year. <laughs> but, um, so like I don't know. Like, but it's it's tough to want to rely on him when Keenan Allen is back because Keenan Allen is such a, a target hog, and Austin Eckler already is. Like yep. a fifty yard touchdown from Palmer last week, like that is not a common occurrence for him. He does not work downfield a lot. Um, maybe they're going to do that more with Mike Williams out. Like he is kind of just like the de facto backup for whoever's out, uh, and he just kind of like plays their role. But he's not really a downfield wide receiver. Like that's why I like it. Like I don't want to get too excited about it. Um, I think he's good when there's an injury and he can like rely on some volume. But when Keenan Allen's there, like it just worries me. But all that said, like I'm, st- I'd still play more with DJ Moore because the Panthers' offense is hot garbage, and we've got Sam Darnold in there. Who, again, like same when we were talking about like Mike White, like he's terrible, but he's an improvement over what was there. Like, is he though? Like, like they all, they're all like I think, I, I think, I think so. I think Baker Mayfield might be worse than Zach Wilson. That's like the most damning thing I can say. Hey about now, Baker hold on, hold <laughs> yeah. on. 
This coming from a Browns fan who was a Baker Mayfield defender for so long, but looking <laughs> like I, I can't Baker Mayfield so bad. It's, at least, especially when it comes to like uh, uh, um, getting DJ Moore fancy points, like he can't do that for whatever yeah. reason. Sam Darnold at least like got DJ Moore to be respect like a respectable fantasy option. Right, like, he's part of the reason why we like DJ Moore year in and year out. Was you know quarterbacks like Sam Darnold who just said I'll I'll just screw it. Uh, I'll just throw it to DJ Moore a bunch, you know. Hey, no, I I totally get it. Are are you from Ohio? Are you, are you an Ohio fuck as well, Wyatt? Yep, yep, I am from Ohio. What part of Ohio are we working with? Uh, Northeast Ohio. Okay, okay, yeah. that's a good part. You're close to Pennsylvania. <laughs> yeah, not not very far. <laughs> there we go. There we go. And Dave's also saying Palmer from is from the Toronto area. FYF. So uh, roll well, with you your guy, to. man. Yeah, <laughs> roll with your guy here, Nate. A- any any. Dis- disagreeing thoughts here with p- playing DJ Moore over Josh Palmer at this point. So I'm just going to, I just want to throw this stat line out real quick. This is the four first four weeks of last season with Sam Darnold starting at quarterback in Carolina. I, this was, I knew this was these were DJ up. Moore's fantasy yep. outputs. Drink yep. it in Seth. 15.4, 21.9, 20.5, 31.9 in Dallas against the Cowboys. Yeah, and that was probably with Matt Roll head coach. Joe Brady might have still been. I don't sure. Know, Joe Brady was OC then, but That's you know. worse. <laughs> right. <laughs> no, Steve Wilkes is a better coach than anything this team has had. I agree. In like Dude, Matt Roll is not that bad. I'm not going to defend Matt Roll. <laughs> Are you I'm serious? Just, okay. I'm not trying to defend oh, Matt Roll. Matt Roll was a good college coach. College. He, went to he was 6 and 20. Oh, no, this teams. is homerism. Sorry about it. No. Sorry about it. I'm just Sorry. saying, don't discount Matt DJ Moore. So, so are you playing DJ Moore here? Dave needs over an Josh answer. Palmer. I probably will start DJ Moore over Josh Palmer this week. All right. Well, I'm going Josh Palmer. It's two for one in Palmer's favor. <laughs> um, if DJ Moore happens to go off, you can blame Wyatt and I, Dave. But I, I think Nate's, I think Nate's analysis is dog shit. I'm gonna. <laughs> <laughs> I hate DJ Moore. I, hate I know Palmer it's fine. Well, Wyatt, this has been a blast, man. It, it got rowdy here. I apologize. Nate's Nate's bullshit analysis can get me going sometimes, but I, I don't know. I think your homerism is the problem here. Yeah, hey, it might be, man. It, it might be. Why? Before you go, man, tell us tell us a little bit about JWB football, if you would, and, and how we uh, can sure. best support you and the overall entity throughout the remainder of this season and into next season as well, my friend. Yeah, so JWB Fantasy Football is basically a collection of uh, well, my best friend, who I started the company with, and then some of the best people that I've met on Twitter who have become like family to me, and we put out content of all kinds for all different formats, scoring everything. Uh, you can find us at jwbfantasyfootball.com. You can subscribe to us on YouTube, uh, JWB Fantasy Football. We're on Twitter, JWB underscore FF. We have five shows coming out every week. So there's a little bit of something for everybody. Uh, Dynasty, Redraft, you know, there we go. DFS, a little bit of everything. So, uh, yeah, come hang out, join us, get in our Discord. You can find the link everywhere. Uh, awesome. And thank you for having me on. This was a lot of fun. Uh, big fan of the in-between media team. I don't think that's any surprise. I, I love the entire team you guys have. Thank you, man. Thank you. No, we're big fans of your guys' work over there as well. You guys are great human beings as well, which, you know, just makes it all that much more exciting and fun to follow your guys' content. So good luck to you, man. Have a great rest of your fantasy football season. Thanks so much for blessing us with your time tonight, Wyatt. Absolutely. Thank you, guys. Thank you. All right, Nate.
All right, we're past the bullshit analysis of DJ you Moore. Stop it. I'm just, just, wait, just wait you, until I'm right. Just you wait know, until I'm right. No, you will be. I'll be wearing egg on my face come Monday, probably. Um, appreciate Wyatt, though, man. That was a blast having him on. Let's go ahead and jump into our short thing sleepers of the week, though, and get this party started once again. It's the short thing. Sleepers of the week. All right, sure thing, sleepers of the week. This is your thing. And to help us bring your thing to you, we're going to bring in the lead writer and director of content over at Brodo Fantasy, also the content manager of DFF. And honestly, guys, this is just one of the most genuine people out there in this fantasy football industry. We had the pleasure of meeting up with him over the summer at the Fantasy Football Expo, and we just had some powerful, really chill conversations, so I'm excited to continue that here tonight on the IBT Podcast. Let's go ahead and give it up for the one, the only, Mr. Matthew Ward. What's up, Matt? Hey, how's Bro, it going? that hat. Oh, yeah. I mean, Oh, I didn't even notice you were wearing the shirt until you pulled it up. Yeah, I mean, Denver for life. Go Nuggets. Damn straight. Are you from Denver as well, Matt? No, I'm just a huge Nuggets fan for no reason at all. I grew up in Canada, bro. <laughs> there we go. There we go. Yeah. Well, well, Matt, thanks for being on the podcast tonight, man. I know it's your first time on here. So why don't you tell us and uh, our listeners a little bit more about yourself and your work? Oh, I mean, you kind of nailed it. You can find all my stuff, all my content on Twitter at Brodo Fantasy. Um through dff for some dynasty content um yeah i'm a chef day to day that that's probably the most unknown thing about me i think that people sleep on um (laughs) so yeah it just you know happy to be here most of all um and i did want to say before i got too deep into it that that justin Fields speech had me wanting to run through a freaking wall bro I like i was i, I was agree. ready to go i was sitting here <laughs> watching you guys behind the scenes and i was just like amped up <laughs> let's go let's go wide in here saying he's a stand of psych war that's what we like to see no man I, I i'm glad to hear you're a chef too i know we talked a little bit about this at the expo but nate's a former chef I love to cook. I'm, I'm kind of a, a little chef of my own. And then we have Bo on, on the show a lot who, you you know, Bo, he it's cooks phenomenal up a phenomenal cook. And then cooking yes. with Sven, like, like this is the yeah. home of cooking with Sven. So we got to get you on sometime. Well, man. Guys, get you on. Wyatt is a culinary aficionado as yes. well. If you, don't follow, yeah. <laughs> if you follow him on Twitter, you've seen some of the incredible meals he cooks. Okay. Oh yeah, I have I have seen. Yeah, he's this is yeah, a, he this has been a cooking show. Yeah, a little chef tastic show today. Yeah, Damn we gotta straight. get wide and mad on. That's what I'm talking about. Awesome, man. Awesome. Matt, how long have you been playing fantasy football, man? And oh, do you have bro. a favorite team that you root for or are you just more invested in, in your teams? Um, I mean, I'm a Saints fan. I, I'm a diehard Saints fan from like being four years old my mom bought me a vhs tape called thunder and destruction that was showcasing the dome patrol with patrick swilling and sam mills and yeah um so but i'm not like the type of fan that other people are like i don't get emotionally invested into how they're doing i'm just like a huge fan of the saints history and everything because of that one yeah. videotape when I was growing up, yeah. like legitimately. Right. So, um, a little more invested in my teams, which I've been playing fantasy football since I was, I think it's like 13 years now. There we go. There we go. Yeah. Dynasty for s- six. 
Okay, nice. Nice, man. Well, we appreciate you being here. We appreciate you sharing your knowledge with us. Um, before we jump into Shore Things Sleepers, do you have some time for, uh, I think we have a question here in the chat. Oh, absolutely. All right. We got, hopefully Charlie's still in the chat. It was from a little while ago. Half PPR, pick one. Juju, Palmer, or Christian Watson? Oh, this is a good one. We kind of just uh, talked a little bit about about Josh Palmer here, Matt. How do you feel about him going up against Juju coming back from the concussion and Christian Watson, who's been on an absolute burner as of late? Yeah, I mean, well, Christian Watson's burner is absolutely unsustainable. There's no way he's going to continue to score multi-touchdowns in, in both games. And, and yeah, his target share is certainly up um, from what we were seeing earlier on in the season, but he's not somebody that I'm certainly like trusting in a set it and forget it situation. And the same can be said about those other two options. But for me, it's definitely leaning Juju. We saw him put up three wide receiver one um, weeks in a row uh, before that concussion. And I believe, you know, obviously it's, you can be a little wary about players coming back from head injuries or any injury for that matter, but specifically head injuries. But I do believe that obviously with the extra week um, and the concussion protocol being a lot more stringent than it was ever, uh, that you can have a little more confidence in his health and in his ability to play. Um, I certainly have him above both of those other options. Okay, Nate, how do you feel about it? Juju, like we said, kind of coming back from that concussion. Matt's not really worried about that lingering into this week at all. Um, Christian Watson, we, we said he's been on the burner, but he does have like the give or take matchup with the Eagles, which Darius Slay's been hit or miss like the last couple of weeks, but they still have some really good corners out there as well. So how, how do you feel about this one, Nate? So I... To the head injury part, I'm a little bit more concerned than Matt is about that. And it's a thing I worry more about those head injuries. I've had a few of them. So I, like, yeah, you, you, you panic, you fire some alarms, yeah. honestly, sometimes too much. And with even though Nate, you, it's true. It's true. I do. And I'll, I'll caught to that. This is one that feels weird. And it's because of that, the arm response that Juju yep. had. And it feels a little more serious than your average concussion to me. So if he's back this week, which, it sounds like he's going to be, I'm curious to see how well he performs and if he's as with it as he normally is. But that said, Christian Watson, like Matt said, is that production, is it sustainable? Five touchdowns in two games. Like that's an unreal pace, obviously. Probably if Juju's starting, I'm probably leaning Juju here. The way I look at this one, and I, I definitely agree with a lot of you guys' analysis I think game script a little here, and I'm worried that the Chiefs could get up on the Rams and the Rams, whether it's whether it's Bryce out there, whether it's John Wolford, maybe they can't claw in, and maybe we just see a lot of Pacheco, Jarrett McKinnon, so, some dump offs here. Like I'm, I'm worried that like I think Juju has the best floor out of these players, but at this point in the season, like I'm kind of looking for those boom weeks. I need those boom weeks at times. And I can just see that the Packers getting down to the Eagles. The Eagles like to play from ahead. We, we know that number one in game script for the Eagles, they're always playing from ahead most likely. Last week against the Colts was a different story, but most times they are ahead. Um, so I, I worry that game script Christian Watson, he can catch a garbage time touchdown. So I'm going Watson here. I, I understand. Like, like if, I, if I need to play a floor play, it's Juju. But I'm, go, I'm going with the upside of Watson. But I think that's a really great question there from Charlie. Um, hope he hung around to hear that answer. But I, I really like that analysis, guys. Here we got uh, another question here from Patrick. Olave or Juju? Okay, another Juju question. Half PPR. What's up, Patrick? We appreciate you making us part of your busy Friday night, man. Matt, we're going to come right back to you, my friend. Olave or oh, Juju? Um, Olave's been, he, he was electric last week. It was kind of hit or miss the last couple weeks before that, but how do you feel about it? 
I feel fine about Chris Olave in any given week. And I mean, you can point the homerism, but I did kind of segue all of this with saying that I'm not overly emotionally invested like other fans are. Um, yeah, I honestly, like Olave is a wide receiver one on any given week against any given matchup. He's beaten difficult matchups before. He's roasted the easiest matchups when he's supposed to. Yeah, he had some down production, but that obviously came with a just absolute, you know, tragic decline of Andy Dalton not being able to function as the starting quarterback. Yeah. And they're yep. still going to roll with Dalton. And he obviously looked a lot better last week. Um, he's a hit or miss streamer as well. But yeah, I mean, nobody else has taken that target share away. From the moment that Chris Olave walked onto that field, he was the best receiver on that roster. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah ab- absolutely. And, you know, we kind of saw the classic Michael Thomas fall off and and Jarvis hasn't been healthy all season, which kind of un- uncharacteristic of him as well. But yeah, Chris Olave has been electric. And I think I like him just like game script as well. Like the 49ers, they're probably going to score. The Saints defense is not what they used to be. I think the 49ers get up big in this one and we see a lot of garbage time from Chris Olave. I think that's a solid point, Seth. Nate, are, are you also rolling Olave at that point then? Yeah. I mean, obviously with the head injury concerns versus Olave who has none. Yeah. And he's a phenomenal. Talent, I mean, you would so. start Olave over Juju in a vacuum anyway at this point. That's yeah, very, completely very good healthy. Point. Yeah. Good yeah. Point. yeah. Yep. Yeah, great, great thoughts there, guys. Appreciate the question, Patrick. Hope you subscribe to the channel. Come back and hang out with us again. And we have Charlie just saying, uh, love the analysis. Thanks, guys. Hey, I'm we appreciate you, you around, Charlie. Brother. Yes, sir. Let's roll into some uh, sure thing sleepers of the week, guys. We, we've been pretty hot as of late, honestly. Last week, though, I called out Drake London was mine. I was feeling really good after one drive that that was going to come to fruition. Me that too. Was, that was his only catch. One, one catch, two yards, one touchdown. So, Drake London was not a sure thing sleeper of the week last week. Nate, I, I think you were Greg Dulcich, but you were just a little bit short as well. Yeah. So let's try to get back on track here. Matt, um, we're going to put you up to T here, man. Who is your oh. who is your first sure thing sleeper of the week for the IBT Media Podcast, my friend? I mean, I don't think the magic's done yet. It hasn't looked good for the past couple of weeks, but I'm still rolling with Taylor Heineke as a streamer oh, sleeper. Somebody, yes, sir. And, and I... I'm a little behind the scenes. I remember Seth prefaced this with like somebody that you think can finish top 12. So I'll plant my flag right there and say, I think Taylor Taylor Heineke is genuinely a top 12 quarterback this week. And obviously a lot of that has to do with the team that he's playing, which is the Falcons. Um, You know, I, I just, the Falcons are absolutely horrendous. Game script could probably be the most negative thing against Heineke, whereas you could run the ball so easily against this defense as well. Um, but he just always seems to find a way into the fantasy football lexicon as a as a priority option during some sort of matchups. Like, yeah, he definitely sucks against the best defenses in the league as far as fantasy assets are concerned, can still squeak out some wins, but he's had five starts for the commanders this season, uh, 17.73 points per game in the first three games and then played the Eagles and the Texans. And people are going to, you know, get on me about the Texans not being good. The Texans are a really good defense and they they're the 30th ranked points over average defense to quarterbacks. So that's not just like, you know, part of my process is not just points per game, but points over average, which is not if you, if you allow 30 points to Patrick Mahomes and every other defense allows 30 points to Patrick Mahomes, that's whatever. But if you allow 35 points to Davis Mills and everybody else allows 10 points per game to Davis Mills, that's a worse defense. You know what I'm like? So it's 
yeah so points over average is a huge part of my process and those two defenses are top two in the league are, are the texans and the eagles to two opposing quarterbacks the falcons are second they just are a sieve of quarterback production um and taylor heineke has looked competent he, he certainly hasn't looked great um but he has everything that you need in this matchup it's against two opposing defenses that really struggle um so you can expect some fantasy production on both sides of the ball uh maybe not some passing production from the falcons because you never know with arthur smith but that secondary couldn't band together to stop a stiff breeze let alone the production of an opposing quarterback i like riding this wave matt because the commanders have been hot man all the way around and like honestly, like Heineke has a good set of weapons out there. Like Jahan Dotson's kind of getting back in form here. I'm excited to see what he can do, kind of finally getting back and 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 turning it on here a little bit. Curtis Samuel, they need I think they need to use him a little bit more. But uh b- between him and Terry McLaurin, like he's been locked on to Terry McLaurin. It's been fun to see. So I like riding this wave, honestly. I considered him for my start of the week. I thought AJ Terrell was that guy for a minute. You know, he's been in and out of the lineup this season, but the secondary for Atlanta just has not been what they were earlier in the season. So I'm all right with attacking this here. Top 12 is bold, but I like it. Nate, how do you feel about Matt's uh, Matt's uh, inaugural sure thing sleeper of the week? Well, Matt knows how I feel about it. I said some, <laughs> I said, I said some expletives when we talked about this earlier because I am fucking excited about Taylor Heineke against Let's Atlanta. Go. And let me tell you why. He doesn't care. He's not your typical NFL quarterback who's like, I'm trying to keep my job and get a contract. 100%. Taylor Heineke is like, I cannot believe I am in the NFL starting a game. This still feels unreal to me. And he puts it all on the field every single week, which is why he's won four or five of his starts. He beat the Eagles. He beat the Packers. Like, this is no joke. This guy is getting it done. It's not always pretty for fantasy, but against a shitty defense like Atlanta, he's going to put up points. He's going to hyper-target Terry McLaurin. I think this is a day we see Logan Thomas maybe actually be somewhat fantasy yeah. relevant for the first time yep. this season. Yep. I, like I think we see Antonio Gibson have a day. I yep. think we see Brian Robinson have a day. Mm-hmm. I think we see Curtis Samuel have a day. I think yep. this is a game where Washington kind of goes off because they're in the playoff hunt. And What's the team, line on this game? What is the line? Does anyone uh, that know? That is a good question. I don't know offhand, but I'd imagine I, it's close. So Nate, I think, think Washington's favored. You think? Funny like, you would. Funny you would ask. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, the over under is forty and a half. Washington's ooh. favored by three and a half points. Oh. Yeah, I don't think that's enough points. Last last week, I rode I rode Washington. I think they were only favored three against the Texans or something. I said, wow, that was a crazy line. I thought. Road Washington to a nice little a nice little victory in the betting column last week. So was happy to see that. But yeah, I, I like Washington, man. They're getting Chase Young back on defense too, and yes, like this defensive huge. line is fantastic. Their, their secondary might be might be might be cheeks, but I mean that defensive line, man, is like up there with the 49ers, in my opinion, as probably a top three front front three or four. Well, you get Chase Young back in there, and what he's going to do is he's going to add offensive snaps for Washington. Because he's going, he's going to shut down other teams. They're going to get more snaps with Chase Young on the field, more opportunity on offense. All right, I love it, man. I I love the call here from Matt. Nate, why don't you go ahead and take uh, take over for sure things sleepers of the week. Those new to the show, Nate is the tight end collector, so I am sure Nate is going to add to his tight end collection with another one here. Take it away, my friend. Now I'm no Andrew Cooper, 
which if you don't know Andrew Cooper, go follow at Coupe Fiasco on Twitter. One of the best guys out there. He loves tight ends. I love tight ends. And I'm going to bring you a tight end this week that has bitten me in the past as a Broncos tight end, but now he's in Seattle. And he hasn't been used a ton this season. It's Noah Fant. But this matchup this weekend is its like cherry for Noah Fant. He's had two good weeks this season that were fantasy relevant, where he had 10-plus points. It was against Arizona. Arizona's terrible against tight ends. They're playing Las Vegas this week. Also terrible against tight ends. Like, very bad against tight ends. Vegas is out averaging five receptions and 50.3 receiving yards to tight ends. That's a built-in 10 points for Noah Fant this week, right? Well, Disley too, though. You got to factor him in a little bit as well. Disley hasn't been nearly the factor that Fant has the last three to four weeks. He's averaging four and a half targets since week five. So it's there. It's built in. But last week, Tyler Higby had 8.7 fantasy points. Or not Tyler Higby. I'm sorry. Harrison Bryant had 8.7 fantasy points. He was a tight end 12. So on expected volume alone for Noah Fant, he's a top, he's a tight end one tier tight end. Yeah. Yeah. I, it's a, it, I don't love it, but this is one of those situations where the tight end position is just such a mess. You're looking for the guy who has like, just like plugged in volume. And that's going to be Noah Fant this week. The only thing that holds me back just a little bit. And last week you put out Greg Dulcich, who was against this Raiders defense as well. Their linebackers and, and, and safeties are playing a little bit better against these, uh, against these tight ends. So that's my Divi- only, but it was a divisional game. That was in, and it was Broncos Raiders and Josh yeah. McDaniel. I mean, we know his history with Denver. This, all, was di- this is different. All I'm going to say though, is that Dulcich was like the number two option in that game for, for Russell Wilson. Again, it was a trap game for Wilson. I kind of, thought that but i do like this call though nate that that's the only thing that, that scares me though is raiders have been a little bit better as of late against the tight end and just in general sure. on defense matt how do you feel about noah fan because i still value him as probably a top 12 guy coming into sunday especially with thursday night playing through yeah i mean i actually don't hate this call there was something interesting that i was going to tweet out earlier and i just never got around to it but the saints specifically ha- have not allowed a single tight end to manage over 50 yards uh this season Noah Fant currently holds the record with 49 um interesting so like yeah Fant has low-key produced against better matchups than he's mm-hmm. facing this or worse matchups rather mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. than he's facing this week so I I certainly don't hate it but I also don't hate the guy on the opposite side of the sidelines because as Nate was saying like with tight ends you kind of just want an average amount of volume built into a team that concedes a ridiculous amount of points to the position naturally and the Seahawks are the worst defense in the league at defending tight ends as far as fantasy is concerned and Foster Moreau has been like I mean he's their starting tight end for better or worse his inconsistencies are obviously noted in his points per game totals um, but for better or worse he's their starting tight end after Waller's unfortunate placement on injured reserve Foster Moreau is a legit option against Seattle this week And because of those inconsistencies, he gets picked up against good matchups and then dropped again. So I think, you know, because people are just expecting the Raiders to get their doors blown off, that people aren't really looking at anybody on that offense other than Devontae Adams and Josh Jacobs. So there's certainly some upside there. And his roster ship's not above 60% yet on any platform. Nate, you love yourself some Foster Moreau. I do. I 
The issue I kind of added one in there like, today. <laughs> you, you got you got to like you're looking for a touchdown because last year last week was three for thirty three, like in a pretty decent matchup against Denver too. So I don't know. I I, I worry a little bit. That like like who would you play in a vacuum? Would you say Matt? Would you go with uh? Would you go with Noah Fant or would you go over with uh, Foster Moreau in a vacuum? I honestly think for this week, if it's just weekly matchup, I think Foster Moreau. But rest of season outlook, I, I like Noah Fant more. I think in a vacuum, Even if, I'd probably take Fant, to be honest with you. I think he has see, more upside. I'm like, Matt, I'm flipped. Because I would take Fant this week, but Moreau the rest of the season. Wow. Yeah. Okay. That's interesting. All I mean, right. I, I don't I don't have like a harsh disagreement with you either. I really like Noah Fant this week. Hey, no worries. No worries, man. I I love the discussion. I love getting into kind of the depth here of like the tight end 10 to 12 conversation um, that we'd never, I mean, who would have thought we'd be discussing Noah Fan or Foster Moreau and it's only week 12, boys. We <laughs> right. still have six weeks left. Uh, we, we got Brad back in the chat saying, sorry, guys, missed almost all of this due to my cruddy internet not working. Can't wait to listen back soon. Oh, that's all right, Brad. We appreciate you making the attempt for us, man. We apologize that the uh, Australian internet isn't up to par. Um, hey, if we need to send a letter over there, I- I'm willing to write it. You willing to write write a letter, man? Oh, I will write. A oh letter. yeah, I'll lick I'll lick the postage stamp, bro. Let's go, baby. Yeah, Australia just took a bad beat in a couple of days in the World Cup too. So uh, hopefully, hopefully they get things oh, back on track. Oh, just rubbing it you. in, Seth. No, just I'm just saying. Like, Australia oh, needs. No. no, I'm saying Brad needs. Like, right. Brad is a premier citizen. They need to get their shit together for Brad. I agree. I agree. Whether it's the soccer, whether it's the internet, get Good your shit pedal. together, Australia. That's all I'm saying. Brad's Brad's a G. Um, all right, guys. Let's go into my sure thing sleeper of the week. Let's just like take a poll. What team, Matt, you're kind of new to the show here. What team do you think I'm going to talk about? Uh, the, well, I mean, the Steelers are obviously going to be my first guess. Certainly. Certainly. Pennsylvania, <laughs> Western PA, born, born and red. Um, yeah. I, I'm also a closet Jets fan. Well, it's not so closet anymore, is it, Nate? No, it's not closet at all. He won't shut up. About That's him. true. No, that, that is true. I should have known. I've, I've been hyping, hyping the Jets all season, guys. I'm going back to the well here. Last time I suggested Michael Carter as my short thing sleeper of the week. He had two touchdowns, came in valuable. I think he's back in, in action here, guys. Mike White is back under center. Last year in the four games that Mike White saw snaps at quarterback, he averaged 18.9 PPR points, 31 targets across four games for Michael Carter. I'm not expecting quite that, but Chicago's been a really good matchup all season for RBs. Six most PPR points allowed to opposing running backs season long. 14 touchdowns to opposing running back tied for the second most. I think Carter gets in the end zone here. I think he gets a couple receptions as well. 65.6 catch rate for him. One drop on the season. I think he's going to make the most of his opportunity here with Mr. Michael White. Under center, I'm excited to fire Carter up. Honestly, I think he has some really, really good upside. I've got a, I've got an excellent stat. It, it, if you remove the thresholds for like minimum attempts, um, Mike White is the second, like targets running backs, the second most of any active quarterback in the NFL, and the first most is Joe Flacco. Let's go, baby! Yeah, yeah, I like it. So man. yeah, it, it's a Michael Carter week. I, I 100% agree with you. Actually, genuinely. You got to fire him up here. Nate, before we get to a couple more questions to round out the show, how do you feel about it? You know how I feel about it. I love Michael Carter. I am all (laughs) about this. I tweeted earlier today, like Michael Carter to the moon. 
because Mike White's a quarterback and we know what he does with Mike White. You said it perfectly. Listen to Seth. No, I'm I'm, I'm excited for Carter, guys. Like he's a shifty running mm-hmm. back, and he might not be like an electric RB one like Brees Hall was, but I think he's gonna get done for you here in Week Twelve. I'm excited to fire him up as my short thing sleeper of the week. And before we round out the show, Matt, do you have a little bit more time to stick around and answer some more questions for us? Oh, absolutely, man. Awesome. We greatly appreciate your presence here on this glorious Friday night. Um, All those new to the show, I just wanted to thank you guys so much for tuning in, asking so many great questions today. If you guys are new, we are IBT Media. We bring that feel-good lifestyle advice with our fantasy sports analysis. Um, Please subscribe to the channel. Give this video a thumbs up if you like this type of content. Here we got Purple Cat back in the chat. Purple Cat, greetings. Full PPR. Need to flex somebody. Isaiah Pacheco, Sanders, Murray, or White. Thoughts? We've already kind of talked a little bit about Rashad White earlier. We like him a lot, Matt. Um, do you like yep. him enough to start over Murray or Sanders here in, in Week 12? Or, or Pacheco, yeah, I absolutely do. I mean, I'm all in on Rashad White everywhere. Uh, he's one of my favorite running back prospects Uh just in general. And we haven't even really seen his ceiling yet, which is the fact and what got him drafted and what, why everybody was in love with him as an analytic, you know, darling is he's one of the best pass catching running backs that college football has ever seen. And yeah, it was in a really short window, but nobody's ever done that in that window ever before. So it was, you know, one of those things where I think Rashad white without Leonard Fournette, who is doubtful with that hit pointer is likely not going to play who has been the only kind of threat to his receiving work. And we already saw Rashad white in the game before Leonard Fournette got hurt, took more carries than Lenny in the first time this season. And then obviously 21 for a hundred plus when Fournette went down, Uh, he can handle a full volume of rushing work. We've seen that. And he's absolutely, I believe to still be the talented pass catcher that we always thought he was. So I I would start him over all of these options for absolutely. It's Rashad white week, Richie clean shoes. I completely agree with you there, Matt. And like, like the, the thing with Sanders is he'd probably be the one I'd consider here, but he is a little TD and bust. And the Browns, we've already talked about it. Best matchup since week two for opposing running backs. So I love Rashad White here. Nate, how do you feel about it? Oh, everything you guys said, Rashad White to the moon this week. Love it. Fantastic. Fantastic. Well, guys, this was a fantastic show as well. Matt, can you tell us where we can find your work and how we can best support you, not just this season, but 2023 and beyond, my friend? Uh, yeah, you know what? Just find me on all social media at PsychWardFF. I was somehow lucky enough to get that handle absolutely everywhere. So if you like your stuff on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram, you know, TikTok coming soon um, at PsychWardFF. Uh, and you can find my content right now at Brodo Fantasy and probably forever at Brodo Fantasy and at Dynasty Football Factory DFF. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much. I want to thank everyone in the chat tonight. Wyatt saying great show, guys. Amazing guests. Certainly. We appreciate Wyatt <laughs> being on earlier as well. Yeah. Matt, we appreciate you. We got oh, Purple Cat pleasure, saying man. thank you. Guys, we appreciate it. Please subscribe to the channel. Come back and hang out with us again. This was an electric show. Have a great rest of your holiday weekend. Take in week 12. Um, Soak it in, guys. We only got a couple weeks left here of the fantasy football season. Nate, you and I, my friend, will be back here in on Tuesday. So save that passion that you brought with the Justin Fields rant and uh, bring that back for us on Tuesday, buddy. It ain't going anywhere. All right. right It's right here, baby. Right here. That's, That's where we go, guys. Appreciate it, guys. Have a great week 12 and keep it in between. Thank you.
your destination for both some feel-good lifestyle advice and some fancy football advice. 